Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. <laughs> we're having kind of a morning around yep. here. It's Monday, and it's um, about 9.15. Yeah. And uh, I was gone all weekend, and you're leaving tomorrow, so it's kind of one of those days where we're going to have to try to get a ton of stuff done. Yeah, and so far, so good. You know, we're <laughs> 9.15, we made it thus far, so we got that going on. Right. But our darn, darn dog chewed through my laptop charging cord. Yes, he had so. his second little, He's had. he's been a very good dog, but for some reason today, he had his second uh, little chewing through something incident. Yeah, a little turd. So he, no... Hello. So he's on our couch behind us laying in shame and yes. sadness well, that's, that's <laughs> because he got he reprimanded. Right. Anyways. So anyways, it's been a morning, but here we are. And mm-hmm. we've got some great verses to discuss, which we're yeah. going to get to. Um, but first, yeah. So I was at the women's retreat, which went yeah. very well. We had. Yeah. I saw the pictures on the did. Facebook site. Yes. They look really nice. Yeah. yeah. We had maximum capacity in terms of we've had a bigger retreat before, but for um, COVID, we had to limit to 33 and we had that filled up, and Great. so we were at uh, Ebert Ranch, which is a place that we have had our kids at before, but we haven't had one of our women's retreats there. So that was fun. They have a beautiful chapel, and we had a great time. We talked about, <laughs> it's funny because the theme was Jesus. <laughs> it was just a very basic theme. Um, and um, I, my talk was about who do you, his big question to us, which is, who do you say that I am? And that that's the most important question we'll ever answer in our lives. And so that was fun. And then you preached, what'd you preach on? I missed your sermon. I preached on Caesar's coin, rendered to oh. Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God's the things that are God's. Okay. And my basic point was that they tried to stick Jesus on the horns of a dilemma mm. and uh, an either or, and he grabbed the bull by the horns both hand. Mm. And that's the same challenge facing us in this, uh, in this political season is that people are so divided against each other. Mm-hmm. That they try to stick us on this thing, you know, either you're with me or you can't be my friend. And my challenge to the congregation was, no, it's both and. You know, okay. I, I can both disagree with you and I love you and I will pray for you. Mm. So I encourage people to pray for pray for someone they love who's on the opposite side of that political divide. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I like that word. Well, thank you. Thank very you. good. Yeah. That was a good weekend. It was a very good weekend. Uh, you know, all the kids are still present and accounted for. Yes, everybody right. did fine. We had a little bit of a deal with the um football games right so you were in charge of all well yes and i yes. have to clarify because the right. women at the retreat think you actually messed up when you didn't so right i'm gonna apologize for that and take it back but anyways so friday night sam had a game mm-hmm. and, and they won it was awesome and um saturday morning jonathan and matthew both had games one right. at 8 a.m and one at 9 30 and and uh i didn't hear anything on my phone or anything and then at about nine 28 <laughs> my phone started blowing up where's matthew is matthew going to be here from like moms and the coaches because uh-huh. matthew's like their quarterback and right. he's a very good little player and he was not at the game at 9 28 and the game was starting in two minutes so yeah. i thought you forgot that there's actually like a warm-up time and he should have been there about nine but what really happened so what really happened is uh we we came back from the one game uh and then we had to do a quick turnaround, you know, drop the dog off, get, get cleats on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ran out the door, got uh, a couple minutes down the road. Matthew realized he forgot his jersey, uh-huh. so we had to turn around and come back. But okay. it was actually a very exciting... So it was exciting... actually Matthew's fault. Yeah, but yes. you know, I, I should yeah. have also noticed the jersey. Okay. But it was uh, it was pretty exciting, though, because we pulled up in the car. Um, and before I even parked the car, I just kind of pulled over the side of the road. 
he got out of the car, ran out of the car onto the field and started playing. So it was, Yeah, and I heard he like threw a touchdown pass yeah, for the very like, first play exactly. of the game. <laughs> so you see, we, we So like, it worked out. We like to do things dramatically. Yes, the adrenaline style. probably right. made him and he had a great game right. and um, all was well. But mm-hmm. I just thought the women at the retreat definitely think you dropped the ball. So Oh I did not. I know, and you didn't, so that's right. awesome. Okay. Anyways, um, and you're going to a board meeting this week for the NALC, correct? Yeah, yeah. so I fly out tomorrow going up to Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a town outside of Pittsburgh called Ambridge, and that's where our North American Lutheran Seminary is located. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, voted on to the board of regents of the seminary, and this is my first meeting. Uh, so awesome. I'm excited. Get to meet the, the people I'll be working with. Uh, get to visit the seminary for the first time. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's a three-day meeting up there. Okay. Um, and then it's it's really crucial to the his, to the future of the church mm-hmm. too, because you know the the boomers are already retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next couple of years, we expect you know something like who knows 40 percent of our pastors to retire, mm. uh, and we don't have nearly that many pastors to replace them. So oh, we got to figure out you know what are we going to do in the meantime, and then how do we raise up that next generation of pastors? So, okay. So it should be a good meeting. Uh, and then since Pittsburgh is only about 250 miles or so south and west of Syracuse, New York, yes. I'm going to go up and visit my mom for a long weekend. Yeah, so. I mean, that hasn't, you haven't seen her in a long, long time. No, no. You know, she was down here for Sophie's graduation back in 2019. Oh, my May of 2019. 17 months ago, I think. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she was supposed to have come down for Thanksgiving. That didn't work out. Oh, yeah. And then, and then was Easter. supposed to have been here for Easter, and that, of course, but, got canceled with COVID. Oh, and my then, gosh. We made tentative plans for her to come in July because, you know, there's nothing like Texas in July. Right. right? Would have been great. Uh, and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's this opportunity. I didn't want it to go any longer than right. it already has. So. All right. So you'll get to see her and then yeah. we'll maybe probably see her over Christmas. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, depending on how the world turns, right? right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. So it's been, like we said, a busy time, but we have great verses today. We're going to take three of your verses. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sending them. I'm just going to say first names in case you want some anonymity, but we've got verses from Brian, Diane, and Phyllis. And the reason we chose to do three today is because we have three that are from Romans. So um, that's kind of exciting. Romans is a pretty heavy book. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But these verses are kind of, you know, just solid, hopeful they're not like deep theological questions, right? No, no, they're, they're, they're wonderful. And it, it's interesting as I wrote them out and, and was uh, preparing for these, mm-hmm. you know, one of the verses, of course, I knew just from the, the address, the chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. But the other two, you know, of course, I'd read them through, but I thought, well, that's interesting. This wouldn't have been one of my favorite verses. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious that people chose these. Well, they're good verses. Um, oh, they and are. the Don't one that we'll conclude, we'll go in order. So we'll start with 12 too. But um, the one that. We'll end with 1513 actually was used by two of our guests. Really? During, yeah, when we talked about hope wow. and hard times. So wow. we'll we'll talk about that. Um, huh. But two of our guests brought that verse up during pandemic and finding hope, etc. So anyways, let's start with Romans 12.2. Do you want to read it? Oh, yeah. I love this passage. Okay, so this is Romans 12.2. And Paul writes, uh, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and acceptable and perfect. Okay. Oh, that's a great passage. Right. It is a great passage. Um, it's basically got about three components, mm-hmm. would you say? The first part is not being conformed right. to this age. So we should talk about that. And then the second is instead being transformed. transformed right. And we do that by the renewal of our mind. And then the third is discernment, which I know a lot of people, they want to know how to discern the will of God. And or that's the question I get a lot. So we want to talk about that for a little bit. But okay. We could write, we could talk about each of these little points for the whole sure. episode. So we can't get too deep, but no. 
So what do you think not being conformed to this age means? Yeah, and so Paul is writing and he's saying, you know, you uh, as Christians, we are we are in the midst of a culture that is not Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's becoming more and more evident, more and more true. Right. And so he's saying, you know, you're in the world, but don't be part of it. Don't be conformed to the world because the world is hostile to God, okay. always in one way or the other. So don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. And what I love is how he says transformed by the renewal of your mind, which is not something that we often think of in the Christian church. You know, we often think of our will being dedicated, sold out to God. Mm -hmm. We think of our heart, you know, being passionate uh, for God. Uh, But our mind, you know, being, um, being, what's the word, Uh, clear in our thinking about God. You know, that's not something that people write hymns and songs about. That's not something that people write best-selling books about. Uh, but it's one that I feel, one that really speaks deeply to me, too, mm-hmm. uh, because I have this love for apologetics, mm-hmm. which is understanding and defending the Christian faith. Uh, and apologetics is basically all about worldviews. You know, right. Don't be conformed to the worldview around you, mm-hmm. but be transformed into a Christian worldview so that having been transformed into a Christian worldview, you can discern what is God's will and what is not God's will. Right. And I think bringing up apologetics is good. You know, I think when we were starting out, you know, jo- was it Josh McDowell who wrote mm-hmm. all those? Yeah, for teens and stuff. And one of the books he said was something like, don't check your brains at the right. door or something. It was about how Christians, we don't have to be non-thinking people. We actually, the Bible talks all about how right. we need to use our mind to figure these things out. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, mind. and mind. Right. Um, but a lot of people, and I think this has kind of come out in these confirmation hearings or at least in the in the commentary about it is that they just can't believe, at least there's a certain part of our segment of our society Mm -hmm. that cannot believe that a woman as brilliant as Amy Coney Barrett Barrett. Mm -hmm. is a Christian. Yeah. You know, I mean, and we get that sometimes, you know, I mean, uh, we have very high educations, Mm -hmm. you and I, and there is that sort of wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I, Boy, let's see, we, uh, we're approaching our 25th uh, college yes. uh, reunions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think you have the opportunity to be on a podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm soon. getting a little nervous about yeah. it. Yes, I'm going to be on a podcast um, this week about, it's a Dartmouth podcast, about our 25th anniversary reunion. Uh-huh. And it's kind of about what life choices you've made and where it's gotten you. So I'm definitely so far, I've listened to most of them, and I, there's been no Christians on there. So at least they haven't discussed their... I shouldn't say there's been no Christians. It has not been discussed. Right. And it's obviously going to come up in mind because right. it's what we do. Yeah. You know? And I, and I, I think, uh, and it'll be curious, I think, for our classmates to hear that podcast mm-hmm. because uh, you, you mentioned that most of the, the podcast thus far has been very career focused. Very career. Yes. And, you know, ours is going to be, well, you know, we got married and uh, <laughs> we got married right out of school, a couple months out of school. And then we had a family of six mm-hmm. and now we serve a church. And Right. I think that's just simply incomprehensible for most people we went to school with. Yeah. But that's an example of being transformed. Yeah. Uh, You know, one profound example for me was uh, abortion. Uh, Before I became Christian, you know, of course, I was on the the pro-choice side because that's where all the thinking people were, so it seemed, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Well, not really, but yes. No, but But they were. But that's the impression. But when you actually think it through, yes. Right. When you actually think it through, it's Mm -hmm. different. But that's kind of the the cultural default. Okay. Uh, so that's what I was. And then uh, when you actually begin to think it through, mm-hmm. well, what happens in abortion? You know, mm-hmm. what is aborted? What happens if there is no abortion? You know, right. You realize, oh, it's actually a baby here. It's mm-hmm. not just a matter of reproductive health. There's a mm-hmm. child. Right. And so that was that would be one rather profound example mm-hmm. of how coming to Christ has completely transformed my mind. Right. Uh, that I was, 
you know, I, I wouldn't call myself a diehard pro-choice, no. but that's just kind of the default. So I went with it. Right. But then I realized, my gosh, I was totally wrong. Mm. And now, you know, obviously with six kids, you and I are very strongly pro-life. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good example. Thanks. Um, and then this idea of discernment. A lot of people ask, well, how do I know, you know, what mm-hmm. God truly wants for me? And, and does he care about the sort of smaller details? Obviously, we can mm-hmm. talk about the sort of general will of God. And, but then the particular will of God as it relates to our lives. And people ask, how do we, it says to discern what is good right. and pleasing and perfect. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the, the primary way to discern is by asking God. Okay. Right? And so God speaks to us in his word. Mm-hmm. And God also invites, to, invites us to speak to him in prayer. And mm-hmm. so those are the two primary ways that uh, if you really want to know what the will of God is, uh, sit down and open up your Bible, hear what God has to say, right, uh, and then respond to Him in prayer. Now, it's you know, don't expect that this is going to all happen in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's often one of those things where, over the course of days or sometimes weeks, then you realize that God has been speaking to you through His Word and God right. has been leading you. Um, but it's often not this blinding flash of light. It's more like a slow and steady guidance. Yeah, almost um, always, right? Yeah, and that's that's you know that's one reason I always encourage people to keep a, a Bible journal mm-hmm. is because as you write down, okay, at every day, what what do I hear God saying to me? What's going on in my heart? Through His Word, that's Through what we're talking word, about. So you right. read you read a portion of Scripture, and what jumps out at you? What exactly. speaks to you? What does the Holy Spirit exactly. say to you? Right. Yeah, and then you know. Uh, Say at the end of the month or so, you you look through a couple of weeks of that journal and you realize, oh mm. look, you know, here's this common thread that mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of, right? Because it's been so slow in developing, right? But as you look through it, you can see, oh, here's where God has been leading me. Okay, that's yeah. that's a good segue to the next one. But before we get to the next verse, um, in Alpha, you know, we taught mm-hmm. about five different right. ways to discern the will of God. Well, we didn't teach. Well, we did teach it, but we somebody else wrote this. Right. Um, and those were the CSs, mm-hmm. right? And so you've already mentioned one, that's the commanding Many scripture. scripture. Yep. So first and foremost, you go to scripture because God's word is not going to change. Therefore, if he said something concrete about this particular issue that you're praying about, well, then there you have your answer. Right. But not everything is concrete. No, not all the no. choices we make will be found right there in the Bible. So first you go to the scripture. That's the CS of commanding scripture. Then the compelling spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's what you said. Like the spirit will start to show a pattern or yep. will start to speak to you. Um, through that, as Christians, that's a gift we've been given is is the Spirit, and the Spirit is what helps us discern and understand. And then common sense. Yeah, common sense, right? I mean, again, don't check your brain at the door, you know? Right. God gave us a, a mind so we could use it. Yes. Uh, and and so a lot of a lot of decisions, you know, you can't over-spiritualize them. Good. Uh, we, and we, this is a pattern that kind of happens, believe it or not, in church councils. You know, we uh, you, you get some very business-minded people. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to church, they think, well, the the, the ground rules are different. Okay. And it's not always the case. No. You know? I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes you need common sense in a church just as much as you do in the business world. Absolutely. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. So common sense. God mm-hmm. gave us a brain. Um, council of the saints. What yeah. does that mean? So council of the saints would mean, uh, you know, asking other brothers and sisters in the Lord. You're not the only person who's walked down this path or mm-hmm. others who've walked down it before. And you would do well to ask them to share their experience with you. So for, I, I would think that's probably what a good portion of the women's retreat was about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that as on the women's retreat, you probably went, you spoke about issues of being a wife and a mother. Uh, and, you know, rather than just trying to go it on your own, you, you share with people from, uh, from different perspectives and different generations who can help you and say, you know, I remember when my kids were this age and here's what got me. Mm-hmm. 
or just different aspects of um of the faith, yeah. yeah. But Council of Saints, the saints means all of us as Christians. Right. Other way of translating that is holy ones or set apart or whatever. But, you know, the Catholics use that term a little differently than we do. But by Council of Saints, we mean other Christians. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one reason we really encourage people to get connected to the church. Mm-hmm. Is so that uh, when these times come, they can tap into that Council of Saints. They have people that they know and trust. Right. And then likewise, that they can be in that position for somebody else. Right. So... And then finally, circumstantial signs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's those are the fun ones, right? Yeah. Oh, Lord, give me a sign. You know, we, right. all, we all want those kind of things. Yeah. And there are signs that happen. I mean... Um, well, in the Bible, he did that sometimes. Absolutely. No, mm-hmm. I mean, signs, they, you can't write these off. I no. mean, these, these mm-hmm. things definitely happen. Right. You know, you and I share the story of how that one verse came to us right. and it brought us here. You know, Isaiah, even like uh-huh. on the back of a t-shirt. Yeah. That's mansion. a circumstantial like, sign. Knew, right. But it was so clearly of God. Right. Yeah. And it, 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 it tracked with all the other things mm-hmm. that was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you don't want to do is start out with the signs no. and say, Lord, you know, guide me in this decision. And then you kind of look around and if you see a bird flying, you think, okay, well, that's it. Right. You know? No. Uh, you don't want to do that. You want to keep your eyes open. But uh, of all the signs, that's the one that's most um, it's most open to interpretation. Right. So, and see, these are in order. I mean, you first mm-hmm. go to the scripture, you listen to the guidance of the spirit, you use your common sense, mm-hmm. you ask other Christians and you look for circumstantial right. signs. So, yes, it's definitely of the least importance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, because it can get us into trouble, like oh, you yeah. mentioned. Oh, yeah. All right, well, good. Well, I said that kind of segues in because you talked about praying and looking at a pattern, mm-hmm. you know, and doing it over time. And our next verse is twelve, twelve Romans twelve, twelve, which talks about that. So, do you want to read that? Yes. Let's see. Romans twelve, twelve is uh, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Yes, mine says be persistent in prayer. Yeah. And that's another question. Well, we can get to the hope and the patience. But the other question I often get is, well, how long should you pray for something? Like, when do you know you've kind of prayed this thing out? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, honestly, one of the reasons that I started keeping a prayer journal was because I had so many prayer requests from people. Right. Pastor, would you please pray for this, that or the other? Right. And I wanted to make sure I was faithful to those. But then after a while, you know, if, if you don't ever eliminate it, your prayer list just gets longer and longer and longer. That's exactly what this woman was saying to me. Yeah. She said, I, my prayer list is so long. How do I know when something can be stopped? Yeah. yeah. So what I do is I, uh, now I'll tell people, I'll pray for you for two weeks. Oh, you uh, actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh. I, I kind of put a timeline. And mm-hmm. if I, I try to check up. I'm not always 100% on that. I'm probably, you know, 75% yeah. or so. But I try to check up. Hey, you know, you asked me to pray for this. And so okay. how's it How's going? It going? Um, so I, I, but that, uh, the idea of, you know, for these two weeks, I will be focused in prayer for you. But then after that, you know, I'm going to trust that God has heard and answered. And I'm going to move on to something else. Oh, okay. Else. That's interesting. And you check back with them. So they I might tell back. you, well, actually now right. this is what's happening. Can you pray for this? Or yes, right. it's, it's all been resolved. That's, that's good. Yeah. I kind of said, sometimes we feel like as we're praying it, it's mm-hmm. less important, not important, but it. We get a little bit released from it sometimes. We're yeah. praying it and it just feels like God has that under control. I think yeah. we can we can feel the spirit sometimes. And then we feel, okay, I think God, I've done my due diligence right. on this. And that's the thing is you want yeah. to, you know, if people ask you to pray for them, you yes. want to be sure that you, you honor that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other times, you know, if, if for example, somebody has a surgery, you know, there's, okay. there's a, a deadline. Right. There, right. So that's um, a concrete deadline. Yeah. But we should also say that, you know, there are things that you don't ever want to give up praying for. Mm. Uh, and so, for example, both you and I have, have people, we're praying for their redemption, praying for their salvation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been praying for years and years, mm-hmm. decades by this point. Yeah. 
uh, and I'm not going to stop praying for that. Okay. So yes, exactly. And we know that that is the will of God for their lives. So even if we kind of fall off the bandwagon a little bit with it, maybe, Mm -hmm. or we, you know, we stop praying it for a little bit, we know that's his will. And, and I think prayer is just, his time is so different than ours, right? So even if we pray pray after something, an event, he kind of hears it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, sometimes people will will ask you to pray for something and you don't, and then by the time you pray for it, you know, the event may have already happened four hours Mm -hmm. earlier or something. Right. but yeah, you're, you're still are praying. Yeah. And you know, I'd say to it, another example of being persistent in prayer would be there's some things that you ought to pray for all the time. You okay. know, and so pray for God's blessing and protection on your family. Pray for your marriage. Pray for your kids. You know, those are things that you you persist in all the time. Right. You know, how that is, you know, how that prayer, the particular specifics of that prayer might change. Mm-hmm. And you can probably do that through the Lord's Prayer, right? Because yeah. all those things fall under, you know, our daily bread right. or this, that, and the other. And so if you're praying the Lord's Prayer consistently you're probably doing well with being yeah. persistent in prayer. Let me make a plug. Okay, a okay. plug. So November... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, is it? I think when is it? 14th and 15th. Yeah, that's it. November 14th and 15th. Uh, we're going to hold a 24-hour prayer vigil at the church. And so what, we, what I'm asking the church to do is to be persistent in prayer, that for the 24 hours... We'll have at least two people at the church praying for the church around the clock. Mm. And so uh, that I talk more about this in the newsletter. I'll talk more about it in the weeks to come in the sermons. But okay. just want to kind of get it out there now. Okay. Persisting in prayer yes. for the church. Very nice. Okay. Well, the other two clauses in there are a little bit less, um, need to say a little bit less about, but rejoice in hope and be patient in affliction. Yeah. Probably the tougher one is being patient in affliction. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I'm, patience is hard in the best of times. And then when you're afflicted and you're in pain, whether that's emotional oh, yeah. or mental or physical, you know, your your patience wears out. Mm-hmm. So that's a very, very difficult one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And rejoicing in hope. How do yeah. you feel about that? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think these uh, these last two verses were hard for me because I, I'm very... I'm very much a Lutheran pastor. Yes. And so it's funny, you know, just about an hour ago, I was doing my morning prayer, right? And here's, uh, and here's what Luther wrote. Luther is writing about uh, Peter walking on the, on the water. Okay. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, that we are not like Peter. We always struggle with trials of unbelief and despair. Mm. And then a little bit later, he goes on and we say, uh, day and night, the gospel proclaims to us, you are holy, you are holy, your sins have been forgiven, you're blessed. But what do we do? We still tremble and cling to our weaknesses throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. And like that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's, I think temperamentally that's me. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just, I get Luther, I get, I get Peter mm-hmm. walking yeah. on the water and then sinking down beneath the waves. Like yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downside is the, the verses for me on hope are hard. Mm, yeah. So. And we talked a lot about hope already in this podcast when we were doing hope in hard times. Yeah. So let's let's go on to the the next verse also. The last verse for today also speaks about hope. And it's funny because uh, two people, both Barbie Moore and Pastor Schulte, ended their their um, interview with this verse. Oh, it's right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Romans fifteen thirteen. And you want to read it? Yes. It says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing." so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Yeah. Um, so may the God of hope, so obviously we serve a God filled with hope, mm-hmm. um, fill you with all joy and peace. Those two are fruit of the Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So as we hope in God, we are filled with joy and peace. 
as you believe, right? I think that as we believe more and more and as we trust more mm-hmm. and more, we we are filled more with joy and peace. And then it says, so that you may overflow with hope and not by our power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh. So you need to, I guess you need to work on your overflowing of hope, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I have a colander for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're hard on yourself. But you do, yeah, you are like, I mean, it's a personality type. No, it is. Yeah. And that's, you know, there, there's yeah. different types of people out there and, right. and uh, different types of um, saints. Right. Uh, that, that is, you know, the heroes of the faith who speak to us. Yeah. And, you know, Luther, he, uh, I was lost and then I was found and, and I've just, Luther had a lot to do with it. Yeah. I, I got him. Yeah. Now, you know, to other people, Luther might seem like a... A melancholic guy, but I, I just he speaks to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sophia's in a Reformation theology class up at St. Olaf, mm-hmm. and she's been kind of commenting on there's a lot of Luther she had never read before, and it's kind of surprising to her. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he was, I mean, and again, I love him because he, he's very, you know, he, he's very, it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had just a bitter, biting tongue. Oh, my yes. gosh. And he, he and kind of vulgar. I oh mean, my, I yeah. guess, yeah. yeah. He's the most scatological of the theologians, is how they <laughs> refer to it. Yes. There's a whole yes. book on his oh gosh, on his bathroom sayings. Yeah, see, I'm yeah. not a real big fan I of that part. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, anyways, um, these are beautiful verses. We thank you so much for sharing them with us. And next week, we will tackle another one of your verses. Um, and we just pray for each of you at this time that you can rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction and be persistent in prayer. I think that sort of summed up what we talked about today. Amen. Amen.